Yes, so tonight, if you look up at the screen, we are in a series right now called Hype Beast. Somebody say Hype Beast. Hype Beast. No, somebody say Hype Beast. Somebody got it really deep there. Do it, do it like that guy or girl. Uh, do it like that person. Hype beast. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, it could be it could be just real deep. It's fantastic. But yes, we're in a series called Hype Beast right now. Last week we started off with a uh, message that we have called Potion or Portion. Y'all remember Potion or Portion? Fantastic. Last week was awesome. Where we talked about man. Sometimes, more often than not, in this life, what we want because of our broken, fragile human condition that we all have. Don't worry. There is no judgment here. Nobody's going to point out your condition and, and look at our condition, none of that kind of stuff, never, ever, okay? We're not about that life. We are all broken human beings that have issues, but thank God we got Jesus, amen? Thank God that he loves us enough not to leave us where he found us, amen? So don't worry about it. It's an even playing field for everybody here tonight. But one of the things I want to talk about is that often in this life, even for me as a pastor, we talked about it last week, sometimes more often than not, we want a potion rather than we want a portion. God, when we, we got to, we made it to the end of our message last week to tell you what a portion was very specifically because it's better than you think it is. A portion is actually our inheritance. The father, the parents do the hard work, but the inheritance belongs to what? The sons and the daughters, the kids, amen? And so often us kids, we would rather have a potion, we'd rather have a quick fix, we'd rather have something that would just, just uh, take the scratch away, you know, that would, is that what I want to say? Itch the scratch, rather, that would just take our mind off and help get us through that moment for just a second, that would help nurse us along in life. But rather, God says, I got so much more. I am enough. You don't need those little things. You don't even need me to be a, uh, a potion. You need me to be your portion. Amen. Because God, yes, could he, you know, snap his fingers like Thanos and, and do whatever you want to see happen in your life? Yes, he could. And he says he's going to. He says all the gifts and promises are available to those in Christ Jesus. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But it's better than that because he himself is actually your portion, not just your portion. He wants a relationship with you, not just fast food. Amen. This is our God. So check out that podcast. I love this. So tonight... I kind of was debating. I even changed my message, what, Friday? I was like, yo, I'm doing this. It's going to be awesome. And then my wife hit me up, and she was like, yo, how you feeling? You doing good? And I was like, no. I'm changing my message. And she's like, it's Friday. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> Pray for me. Um, I didn't change it all the way, but there have just been some things that had happened recently that uh, I felt like just needed to be touched on in church. We're not a church that, you know, somebody just asked me last week. It was actually a little boy. His name is Paxton. He's amazing. Uh, they came over to our house, and they were part of church. And then their mother, Casey's a, a huge player here at church. And Paxton just asked me while I was cutting his hair, which was really cool and a great honor to do. Thank you so much, Casey, for letting me cut your boy's hair. It's cool. I like it. And uh, I gave him a mohawk. It was cool. A reverse one. I'm kidding. We're about building lives, not ruining them. Uh, <laughs> yo, somebody's going to go home and Photoshop me with a reverse mohawk, and I'm just going to pay for this the rest of my life. But I digress. Um, there are just some things that happen in life. And so Paxton, he asked me, he goes, hey, how do you write your messages? He's, he's like, he's this big, man. He's tiny. He's just a little kid. He's like, how do you write your messages? Do you have these things planned out? He's like, do you always do a four-week series? Like, he was asking some real questions. And I was like, whoa, these are questions I wish I would ask. Like, at 20. <laughs> you know? And it was awesome. And when, when he said that, it really got me thinking. I was like, yeah, do I kind of have things planned out in advance? Yeah, like, I kind of know where we're going as a church and what I feel led to preach on, you know, through January. Absolutely. Um, because the Bible says without, without vision, people perish, you know? And so I believe God's always going to give us direction if we're asking for it. And when he asked me that, though, a few other things happened in, this, in, in, in people's lives in church and everything else. And, and I was like, man... 
I love gracious interruptions. I love when God just says, no, I got something else for you to preach on. I got something else. I want to take this in a different direction. You, you did this, but once I had this conversation or had this conversation, I really felt like God was saying to me, this is where we're going this weekend. And I love that because, you know, and I told Paxton, it, we, we have a rough outlook of where we want to go with church and what we want to tell people and what we believe Grand Rapids needs to hear right now, what we believe young and old and everyone alike needs to hear right now. But man, it's, we write our messages from people's pain. We write our messages from where people in our church are at, from where the social climate is at, what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the world as a whole, things that are affecting us. That's where we get our messages. I don't just sit down, and Adrian doesn't sit down, we don't just vision cast of like, yeah, we're going to preach on this and this and this, and then we're going to hit Dave Ramsey at the end of the year. We don't do that. We trust God, and he points it out to us, and then we listen to our congregation, and we listen to our friends, we listen to those who are hurting, and we hurt with them, and we laugh with them, and we celebrate with them, and that's where we preach from, is where our people are at, because God is going to take them somewhere else afterwards, amen? Is that okay with you? Is that all right that we actually do this whole thing together? We trust God together? So I want to encourage you tonight. You're going to hear something that you need to hear tonight. This is what Bible is. This is what church is. This is what it's all about. We're not here just to play games and play church. This is not for play play. This is for real people who are going going through hurt and stuff, and God wants to bring them to some victory. Amen? So can we preach tonight? Is that good? Yes. Fantastic. Title of the message is this. Where's my note takers at? Level up, fam. You got to take notes. I'm not even like a point-by-point -point preacher. Don't worry about that. We're not, I'm not going to pull out a stool, and I'm not going to do a dissertation for the next 82 minutes about the numbers of God, okay? It's not going to happen. But you should take notes because, man, Kelsey said it brilliantly during team uh, rally. She was actually praying. She said something really awesome to talk about uh, when, praying over me, actually, and saying, uh, God, just speak through Matt. Give us something to chew on throughout the week. And I was like, yeah, that's why we take notes because I'm a preacher. I'm not a teacher. I'm going to spit. I'm going to yell. I'm going to holler, and we're going to believe God for big things. That's what we're going to do. That's how every service goes. I got one speed. It's fast, okay? So that's what we're going to do tonight. So when you take notes, though, go back through them throughout the week. Make time. Don't try and find time because you can't find time and you can't buy time. You can only make time. So take time out of your week. Get with God. Go through your notes. Allow this message to re-speak into you because only so much that you can absorb in 35, 40 minutes of preaching, okay? Sit down. Get with God and let this message still speak to you. Chew on it, as she said, throughout the week. Does that sound good? So take some notes. I know you got smartphones and things. Come on. Even my Android has got a notepad on it. Actually, it doesn't. I downloaded Evernote. Use Evernote, okay? Evernote's amazing. I love Evernote. All right. Title of the message is this. You ready? You ready? Title of the message is Hype Beast, week two. For all the podcast listeners, there was a we got some lady that hit us up from Uganda who wants to be a part of church from Uganda. She's a Grand Rapids native. And so she was like, yo, I need a podcast link. I need to know when your singles are coming out. And thank you so much for posting the songs that you have going on uh, during service because I want to follow along. Like, I'm really there. When I'm back in the, uh, next summer, I'm going to be a part of this thing. And I was like, yes, take over church. We're going to Uganda. I love it. When she leaves again, I'm like, yo, here's some stuff. Plan a church. Take over Uganda. I love it. We're good with this, okay? But anyways, podcast listeners, psh, Week two, Hype Beast, the title of message is, Love You Better. Mm. Somebody's like, yo, this sounds like an R&B song. <laughs> I just want to love you better, love you better now. Turn to tell your neighbor, there's not a lot of things that I can change in this life, but I can love you better. No? All right. I've been making them longer purposely just to see how long I can get away with. I'm about to get paragraphs in a second. Just turn and tell your neighbor, say, I can love you better. Turn and tell your other neighbor, I can love you better. 
Everybody's got to hear that tonight. I can love you better. <laughs> yeah, see, there it is. Oh, I love it. Anyways, don't. You're going to get me going all Usher, Chris Brown up in here. You don't want it, okay? Last week, I did the, I did the, the dance. You missed it, though, if you weren't here. Just saying. You missed the glory. The glory passed. All right, got your Bibles. If you don't, we got a Sky Bible up here. I'm coming out of Galatians 2, 11 through 16 in the ESV. Y'all ready for the Bible? But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. This is Paul writing. He is a G. I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Verse 12. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And then the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically, hypocritically, it's just fun the way to say it, hypocritically, hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Verse 14, but when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, I said, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like a Jew? No, oh, tell them, Paul. Verse 15, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not gentle, Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by their works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believe in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into it. Sound good? I love when a preacher asks you, like, hey, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to do it anyways. Like, it's a dumb question. Jesus, I thank you so much for tonight, God. I thank you for everybody gathered in this house, all over people who are not here with us tonight, Jesus. Uh, be with them, whatever's going on. God, just Holy Spirit, love on them. Talk to them, God. Convict them to be in church. But um, love them right where they are, God. But for us, Jesus, tonight, in this room, God, right now, we just hand the rest of the service over to you, God. Um, whatever you want to do in this place, God. I know that week in and week out, I usually say, change us. We're not content with where we are. And that's probably true for most of us. But I think for a lot of us, God, we're not even concerned with what the next level is, God. We're concerned with the hurt and the devastation that we're feeling right now. So, God, I don't want to say tonight, just change us. I want to invite you right now throughout this message and the rest of the service, God, to heal us and to comfort us. God, there's people in this room right now, I can feel it, Jesus, that just need to know that you actually hear them and you actually listen to them, God. So make that known, confirm that for them tonight, God. We just want a comforter tonight, God. Some of us just need comforting tonight. Some of us just need healing tonight. So yeah, change us, God, but really impress upon us your love, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Y'all love Jesus tonight? Yes. So, you're probably thinking a couple things right now. One, why did he title his message, Love You Better, when clearly the title should have been Circumcision Party? Okay? Should have been, could have been, would have been, changed my mind. Circumcision Party. I love that the Bible says that. That's wild. Two, you are probably very concerned right now and asking yourself, Holy Spirit, begin your discernment upon me right now because this was a random piece of scripture. I'm going to love to see where he's going with this. Right? Am I pretty spot on? Because this is a really wild part of the Bible. It's really kind of random. It's an exchange between Paul and Cephas, and it's just this kind of random situation. So I'm going to lay out some context for y'all real quick, and then we're going to dig into it. Sound good? Because for a lot of us, I think you probably heard me read that, or you checked it out on the Sky Bible above us, and besides verses 15 and 16, you probably didn't hear anything that was actually like in 
inspiring or hope-filled or felt like it was going to be any good for you tonight. Because when I read that scripture the first few hundred times in my life, I was like, yep, that's cool. Paul did this thing, yada, yada, yada. Awesome. Catch me up to speed. But as I was reading it uh, for this message and for this message series, man, God really started to speak something to me. And I love that when you go over the Bible, it doesn't matter how many times you read it, there is always something new. He's always revealing things. He's always got more to tell you in piece of scripture. Amen. And so when I was reading this, I was like, whoa, I didn't see this before. I didn't catch this before. This is perfect for what we want to preach on in Hype Beast. Because again, a Hype Beast, when we talked about this, Hype Beast is more than just a cool hashtag about fashion and other nonsensical things. Okay. Hype Beasts are things in our culture mindsets, uh, convictions, ideas that are out there, all designed to catch your attention, get you riding the wave of what's cool, what's trendy, what's hype, all these things. All, it doesn't matter how many people say it loudly and how many people are saying it doesn't make it true. Amen. And so there's these things in our world that are designed to take us away from what God actually says about us to us, for us, for our neighbor, these things that Jesus actually says about you, these are designed to get our attention, take us away from what God has for us, and that's what I want to break down tonight. And so Paul, if you don't know, Paul is the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul is awesome, and I said he's a G, he's an OG, he's an original gangster. He is amazing. Paul is this guy who was actually commissioned before he came to know Jesus. When he came to know Jesus, he called himself, I'm a chief of sinners, man. I was, he was commissioned by the Jewish hierarchy, the law there, to go and actually persecute and kill Christians. This is the guy who's responsible for writing most of the New Testament. This is Paul. Paul is besides Jesus, the most responsible human being to ever walk this earth for how we have church now. Paul is an absolute legend, but Paul has a past. Paul has issues. Paul has seen it all, done it all, killed many people, and has sinned greatly, so much so that when he came home to know Jesus, he said, I am the chief among sinners. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Believe me. He's, he'd be like, yo, you ever killed one person? And they'd be like, no. And he was like, I have. Jesus loves me. He loves you too. And you're like, I'm saved. <laughs> you know what I mean? He'll meet some people and be like, yo, you ever killed somebody? And they'll be like, yeah. And he was like, you ever killed 10? <laughs> and then they were like, no. And he's like, hey, he loves me. He can love you. Just playing. Just playing. Dumb joke. Dumb joke. I was going to preach on Daniel at some point, Daniel the lion's den. I had a really lame joke about how like the, uh, I love lame jokes, by the way, about how the uh, lion didn't eat Daniel. And I was like, I wonder why that is. Oh, maybe he was on a Daniel fast. <laughs> And then I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> Good joke, though, right? Especially West Michigan. January every year, you know, it's coming. Churches. Um, it's great. Daniel Fest. It's a good joke. Anyways, whew, don't even need to preach anymore. That was funny. It was good. We believe church is to be enjoyed, not to be endured. Um, but here's, so here's Paul. And if you don't know Cephas and how he brings up James for a second, James is the brother of Jesus. We talked about him about three weeks ago in church or two weeks ago in church. And, and James is awesome. He's the brother of Jesus. And we talked about how much more would James have to trust the word of God, trust Jesus. We know the Bible says the word became flesh, Jesus. And he actually had a brother, James, who ended up becoming one of his disciples. And so James would have to trust so much more in Jesus to believe him. Like, nobody comes to the Father except through me, James. Yo, you and me got the same dad. Well, no, we don't. <laughs> you know, brother. Everything is in Christ Jesus, brother. And so he brings up James because James and then Cephas and some of these other guys were still, even though Jesus had come, even though Jesus had said he had already fulfilled the law, although Jesus has come and did his thing, he defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave. There are some people, James, 
brother of Jesus included up until this point, who were still preaching the need for Gentiles and Jews to become circumcised. Because it was part of the Jewish law. A little bit of context. I'm gonna, like, don't worry about it. We're going to get into the fun stuff in a second. A little bit of context. He was still preaching. No, 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 you need to be circumcised. They, they didn't understand. Maybe they didn't get the revelation. Maybe they didn't get the memo. I don't know what it was, but Paul says, I opposed them to their face. I checked them to their face. I said it to their face. I didn't talk about them behind their back. I didn't Facebook it. I didn't subtweet them. I didn't put it in a song where I threw out subliminal disses. None of that. I opposed Cephas to his face. Y'all are preaching something contrary to Jesus. I know you came from James, and he's his brother, but he still got a twist in Cephas. What you are preaching is contrary to Jesus, his heart, what he said. He fulfilled the law, all of the prophecies, everything. Jesus has done it all. And what you are saying to people right now about a circumcision party and all of this stuff is wrong. It is not okay, and this is not what Jesus came to do. He said, Cephas, how can you, a Jew? And I love this part, too. I love how it has to put this in here. Paul's issue right now, he's upset about them still preaching circumcision, right? He's still upset. I know somebody's in here like, I wish you would quit saying circumcision. I'm almost done. Okay, we're going to move on from this point in a second. I'm almost done. For good measure, circumcision. Um, we got to get on. we got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable things, okay? Hey, that word bothers me, too. I kind of want to gag every time I say it. Anyways. So here's, here's Paul, and his biggest issue right now isn't even the circumcision thing for the most part. He is. He's upset. He clearly says it. That's why he calls him off. But the first point he makes is like, like, what are you doing being a hypocrite? Like, I get that you are believing something other than what Jesus actually said, right? Like, he gets that part. He's going to make that known. He's going to, you know, oppose him to his face with that one, too. He's going to check him. But he's going, like, what are you doing living hypocritically? Like, you're out here saying these Gentiles, you and me, by the way, people who are non-Jews is what a Gentile is, for those of us who don't know. You're telling these Gentiles, in order to be saved, they've got to do this, even what Jesus said, nah. So you're trying to invite them to the circumcision party, you're trying to do all this stuff, yet you're partying with them, even though if you're upholding the law, you shouldn't even be hanging out with them. You shouldn't be associating with them. According to the law, you don't even believe this is for them but you're still trying to force them to get circumcised while hanging out with the Gentiles because the Gentiles know how to throw a party. So Paul's issue here with Cephas is is huge. It's massive. He's like, yo, I don't like how you're doing this. I don't like how you're doing this. Bigger issues, yeah, clearly this, but if you're going to live this way and you're going to preach that, try and live it, bro. Okay? Is everybody up to speed? Yeah. And so the reason I bring this up and the reason I chose this is because there is good news in this scripture. I believe all the Bible is good news. And we can talk about that later. I do. I believe the Old Testament, even the difficult parts for us to understand and grasp are all pointing to the simple fact that no matter how much we tried, no matter our best efforts, no matter on our best day, with our best intentions, living our best life, we were completely incapable of ever reaching God, of sustaining a relationship with him while we were separated but Jesus. Amen? So even the Old Testament, as hard as it may be, those stories are great. They teach us. They show us our history. So much world history is, it, it comes from this. It preaches to us. It shows us that we can talk about strength and get, get a whole other part of God's character, but it all points to the simple fact that as human beings, we could never, we will never, Ever, but God can, and he wanted us, and so he sent Jesus. Amen? So it all points to it. So in this scripture, there is good news here. There's good news here that as Christians, man, we don't got to lay down for false teaching, by the way. 
We don't just have to, uh, we don't just have to accept that. Now, I'm not saying you need to go and check somebody to their face when you disagree with them. I'm not saying that. You can do it honorably and things like that. But it's a whole different time. There was like how many apostles at the time going around doing stuff? You can't just go up to some random dude who you saw on YouTube and he said something that was heretical and you go and fly down to St. Louis and then oppose him to his face. I'm not saying do that. But we don't have to just accept uh, bad Bible teaching or incorrect Bible teaching, okay? We can actually do this. And so here it is, and he says, we ourselves are Jews by birth, because again, Paul was a Jew, and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified, and that is good news, amen? And so maybe you're not picking up on where I'm going with this tonight. The reason this is the hype piece is because I believe this piece of scripture right here is basically, um, if you were to take this piece of scripture and you were to turn on any news channel in the world right now, you would see two very similar things taking place. You see two very similar scenes taking place in American Christianity today, just like what was going on there. Well, Matt, what do you mean? I don't know about you, but man, I, it's, it's difficult for me to turn on the TV because there are a lot of people who are losing Jesus' name but aren't living Jesus' life. There are a lot of people hiding behind the Bible but aren't actually saying anything that's actually in the Bible and it's actually Jesus' heart. There's a lot of people using Jesus' name who don't have his heart. And if you're not going to have his heart, don't you use his name. Amen? And so I see this and I look at it, and man, it's 2018, we're in America, church looks like this, politics look like this, some reason they're intertwined, and I don't understand why. I have no clue why we got to a point in this life where in America, where the church is so attached to politics, and politics is so attached to church. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. Zero sense. If Jesus wanted the government and all that stuff, he would have came as an official. He didn't. He became, he came as a Jewish man born of a virgin woman, came in on a donkey, okay? This is Jesus. He didn't come in to do that. He came to bring a kingdom that is going to come from underneath the man-made kingdoms and take over that way. And so I look at the scripture and I look at this and I see all these guys who claim to know Jesus, who claim to operate by the word of God, holding people to a standard that they could never attain, could never hope to attain, could never fathom, could never get there, not even on their best day. They could try all they want. You could get the circumcision party going all you want. You could do all of these things and it would still never be enough because we are not justified by the law. We are justified because Christ Jesus. And so when I look at the church today, and one of the things in our culture that I see needs to be brought down, one of these mentalities and ideas and convictions and, I, and notions that are going on in our culture, is actually not just the things that the world is saying. Because so often in church, you'll be like, the world is this, and the world is that. I actually see a world right now not that it's biblical, not that it's okay, but I see a world and a culture actually fighting for inclusion while I'll see the church actually fighting against inclusion and they're actually bringing about diverse uh, division in the church. Division in our culture, division in our world. Is anybody tracking with me where I'm going? Man, I can't tell you. I can't stand it. I can't tell you how much I can't stand it. In fact, I cannot tell you how angry it makes me to turn on television and to see people hiding behind the Bible, whether it's politics, whether it's culture, whatever it is, where I see people picketing. I could go down Heritage Hill. We go down, we go on Fuller Street. 
downtown Grand Rapids. This is nationwide. This is this is nationwide. This is not even just the Midwest, it's not even Grand Rapids. This is nationwide. This is an epidemic. What is an epidemic, you ask? A widespread infectious disease. Somebody's impressed that I knew that definition right now, by the way. My wife. An epidemic is a widespread infectious disease. And in the church today, there is a widespread infectious disease. And this thing actually has a cure. It's called Jesus. And yes, the church still needs Jesus. There is a way to uproot this, pull it out, get rid of it, and make this body better than it's ever been before. It's called redemption. Again, only found in Jesus. Amen. But there is an epidemic in the world today, in this nation today, and it's part of the church. And it's this mentality. Okay, you can look on your seat next to you. You're probably going to find a little thing. Take that with you. It says, you can sit with us because the church of Jesus should actually say, you can sit with us. On the other side of that, it says time and it says the directions on how to get here. It says nothing about attire, nothing about lifestyle, nothing about cleanup to sit here. None of that change and come in. None of those things. It says, you can sit with us because Jesus says, you can sit with me. Amen. And so when I turn on the news and I see television, I see culture, and I see churches. Man, you go down Fuller Street in Grand Rapids, and you will see people outside of something called the Women's Heritage Health Clinic picketing women as they go in or have come out from just having an abortion or maybe are getting counseling from a situation in their life. This is God. Are you kidding me? We are a church that actually partners with Heritage Hill Women's Health Clinic, just so you know. How do we do that? We're there, and we have that we're on call, and if they have somebody come in that's looking for a faith community because they don't feel like they got one, we're going to be a first responder. If we got somebody there that doesn't have a ride back, we're going to be a first responder. We're going to get one of the awesome ladies and somebody in church that can kind of like be there and like coddle and help and just uh, be comforting to them. We're going to get somebody from church that can be there, that can do it, to take them home. If, we're gonna, if they need a place to stay, we're going to find them a place to stay, a couch to be put up in, a room to be put up in. We're going to get them food. We'll go to their place, tie it up. Whatever they need, we told Heritage Health Women's Clinic whatever you need. This is a church that's going to be for these women. We're not going to get them in our car and start judging them. We're not going to Facebook it. We're not going to Instagram it saying, yo, this person just did this. Ah, no, no, no. It's going to be as anonymous as we can make it. It's going to be completely judgment free because we're here to be a light in the darkness. We're here to be hope and confusion. We're here to be healing and crippling times. Amen. This is the church. And so Paul is saying, why? Why are you a Jew who's not even living like a Jew trying to get these Gentiles to now live like a Jew? How are you trying to get them to perform, live like, dress up like, change like, put on a performance for you when they don't even know the source of how you got to where you are? And I think that's, for, that's a message for church in America. Why do I bring it up specifically? Because I got friends in other countries who are doing great things. We see it. We follow all these great things. It doesn't seem to entirely be a problem. But for us here, it's an epidemic. Because the American church for so long has been this. It's been the law. It's been religion that says, you know what? Change and you can sit with me. Jesus says, come and sit with me and I'll change you. Religion says, clean up to show up. Jesus says, show up and I'll clean you up. I'll get down in your mess. I'll dirty my hands. It's me that should wash your feet. It's me that should come here. I'm a servant of you. And that's the kind of church takeover is here to be. 
whether the city as a whole agrees that, whether the Midwest as a whole agrees that, whether the church in America or not agrees that, you can miss me with that. We are a church that is for people in every season. Why? Because of Jesus. Jesus' love is for people in all seasons. Jesus' love is for people in all places, of all history, of all creed, of all colors, of all backgrounds, of all mistakes, of all actions or inactions. There is nothing that can actually separate you from the love of God. And it's once you get to him that Jesus says, I am ride or die for life. I am here. You can't push me away. You can't run far enough. You can't run fast enough. I am on your tail and I'm God. So I'm going to beat you to the punch, kid. This is our God. This is Jesus. So what, Matt, what does this have to do with love you better? I get it. The world's jacked up. The church is jacked up. Jesus is better than all of us. I get that. Yeah, 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 he is. But can I let you in on something? The reason the church is the way it is is because people have laid down for false teaching. We've laid down for things like that. We have laid down for uh, culture and things like that. We have gotten a hold of one thing that is a moment. It's a scene in somebody's life, but it's not the entire movie. It's not the entire thing. We, we, we have paused a one person's mistake. We have paused the DVD Blu-ray player, and we have looked at it in 4K HD and said, this disqualifies you. But Jesus pauses it at the same time, and he goes, this qualifies you. Because whatever it is, clearly, you need me. You need my love, my acceptance, my grace, my mercy. I am enough for you. Amen? Earlier this week, like Adrienne said, we had somebody message us. Who's a part of church? Had somebody message us, and... That's actually why I changed my message. They, they messaged me and, and they hit us up and they were like, hey, got a question. I just need to talk to you for a second. And due to some complications and due to some other things, this person was forced to make a decision. And even if it was just through Facebook Messenger or texting or whatever it was, I could hear, the, I could hear just the breaking in their voice the tremble in their lips. I could see it all as I got these messages, as I pictured them saying it to us. I could see the brokenness. I could hear the brokenness just in text. And they messaged us. And they were like, this complication, this thing, I ended up having to have an abortion and I haven't been back to church since. And the first thing I had to say was, God, I'm sorry that you went through that. I'm sorry that's been your experience. I'm sorry that this happened to you. Know that my heart breaks for you. Know that Adrienne's heart breaks for you. Know that God's heart breaks for you. That we all cry with you. We're all her in this together. And that the first person to shed a tear over you and the circumstance that you found yourself in, the impossible circumstance that you found yourself in, was Jesus. First one to cry. First one to be hurt. First one to be broken. And in this conversation, kind of find out why they hadn't been back to church yet. It was just they didn't know if they would be judged. They didn't know if they could bring themselves to a place like, like church because of probably their history in church and where they've been before. They didn't know if they'd be judged. They didn't know if they could stand being in a room full of smiling faces. They didn't know if they could fit in like that. They didn't know. They were hurt. They felt shut out. But they reached out, and it was an incredible conversation. 
and this individual, I believe, is going to be back in church, and I believe is going to be here, and, and they're going to see all of these things, and they're going to feel the presence of God here, and we told her, if you're going to come, if you don't want to smile, don't freaking smile. You don't owe any of us anything. Be here with God's people in the presence of God. This is where healing, this is where hope is found, right here in community. But we've got an epidemic in the church that is saying everything opposite of that. But when she messaged us, my heart absolutely shattered and broke for this individual because that is an impossible situation. And if you've never found yourself faced with those kind of circumstances, no matter what it is, if you did, you would put that sign down, you would pull up your car, you would go pick up some McDonald's and say, girl, we're going home. Whatever you need, I'm going to get it for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'll drive you to counseling. Whatever you need, because I'm a Christian, the church is going to take care of you regardless because the love of Jesus looks past our issues, looks past the scene in our movie. He sees the entire thing and he goes, this is my flesh and my blood and it's broken for you because I want you. I'm going to pay the price for you. All of this. The law is already fulfilled. I already held the law against myself. I already held your sin against myself. Those unclean things that you don't tell anybody about, those moments in your story that you haven't even told your counselor or your pastor or your friends, those things that have happened to you, those things that were taken from you, those dark times in your life that you don't even speak about, I've already held it against myself and I can bring healing because I went to the cross. We can have a relationship and you can actually have fullness. There is a future for you beyond this situation. This is our Jesus. So what does it have to do with love you better? Because I think in 2018, there are some churches, there are some Christians in America that can love better. I think there's some Christians in 2018 that we can be put out a little bit more. We can get over ourselves to get to some people because our God and people, our God sent the only son that he had. The word became flesh. God himself came down, lived 33 years as a mortal man, died the most brutal death in recorded history. A cross is a really nice necklace. It looks great blinged out, but make no mistake about you, this was a torture device and a death device. And our God went through that, kicked the devil in the teeth and right between the legs, took the keys to eternity, came back up all so that he could win you over. Not so he could hold a law against you. Not so he could shake a finger at you. Not so he could hold shame up against you or guilt up against you or judgment up against you. Absolutely not. Church should be a shame-free zone. Cruise should be a guilt-free zone. Church is for hope. The church is for good news. The Bible is for good news. Jesus is here to bring you fulfillment. And so the church, you and me, we need to do better at loving. Can I read you a piece of scripture real quick? I don't know where we're at in time. Well, we got to get going here. Okay, hold on a second. John 13, 34 through 35 in the ESV says this. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as you have just as I have loved you. Let me read that again. I need to get this. A new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another by this. All people, somebody say all people, will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this you will know, they will know that you are my disciples by how you love one another by how Jesus has impacted you, by how Jesus has changed your life, by how you've allowed Jesus to take over your life. How you love one another will show the world that you are his disciples. We need to love better.
That's what this scripture tells me. We need to love better. I think in 2018, the church is known for a lot more things than love. Amen? You're like, why are we amening that? Because we're, we're checking out a problem. It's an epidemic, but we got the cure. It's a good news, okay? Pointing out something bad isn't bad, okay? Pointing out something that needs to be taken out, something that needs to be removed is actually a good thing. We're going to highlight it. We're going to notice that it's a problem, and then we're going to handle it. Amen? We need to do better at loving better. We got churches that are known for our politics before we are our love. We got churches that are known for our building and our real estate before we're known for our love. We don't even got a building, and can I tell you, church, we are so grateful for the Living Word Center for allowing us to meet here, but do you know the number one thing people leave church saying? It wasn't your lights. It wasn't the screen. It wasn't Rusty and the worship crew's voices. It wasn't the building. It wasn't all of these things that we have and we've accumulated. They felt loved and wanted and welcomed. It's a lot to say you're welcome here. It's a lot to actually feel welcome when you get here. So we're doing really good at this thing. So this message isn't one of condemnation. It's going, here is the situation. Here's the epidemic. We got something that needs to be systematically brought down within the church, but it has to start with you and I. It has to start with us. This has to be more than mere talk, more than mere preaching. It has to leave here with us. We have to start to love people better. Worship band, you can start making your way up here. Man, for us, the churches, Christians, man, we, we own the real estate on a lot of things. We do. We have a big sphere that we cover. It's called music, and we're really good at it. We got secular artists out there that you don't even know are Christians, but man, we are owning that sphere. We are. But do you know what? Do you know a sphere of influence that we should have? Absolute, uh, just, well, I guess, takeover, over. That we should actually own up every single share, every single moment of real estate, every single space, every single mile that we should cover the spread of. Do you know what sphere that is? Love more than real estate, more than fancy buildings. Because in 2018, the church is actually known more for what we're against than what we're for. The church is more known for what we speak out against rather than who we speak out for. But Jesus is saying, a new commandment I give you. Why is that good news as well? Oh, is he just adding to the list of commandments? Man, there's so many already. By the time Jesus showed up on the scene, there was already 666 of them. Because we took what Moses brought down and we're human. And so the word of God actually couldn't be good enough. We had to add to it. It's still happening in 2018. It's called really bad theology. We've been adding to it, but Jesus says a new commandment I give you. Are you adding to it? What are you doing, Jesus? No, no, no. The rest of that, it's done. It's over. I'm going to the cross. It's not that it doesn't apply. It's not that there's not good things in there. And it's not that the original 10 weren't from God. They were. But I'm going to fulfill them for you. You don't have to. You don't have to go through those anymore just to get to the Father. Nobody comes to the Father except through the Son, and I'm the Son. You don't have to hold this against yourself. It's no longer dangled above your head. There's no longer a level that you need to ascend to to be good or to be welcome. No, 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 I am welcome. I am home. This isn't clean up and then show up. This is show up and I'll clean you up. This isn't get it together before you come to church. This is no, come to church with a bunch of other people who are broken and messed up and just as jacked up as you are. We just been here for a little bit longer so Jesus has already begun to do his work in us. It's a journey. And the reason I started off service by saying, 
There's a lot of things we can't change, but I can love you better because of this. A new commandment I give you. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the rest of it, I'm the fulfillment of it. In me, you've already fulfilled the rest of the law. In me, there's no more trying. There's no more going. It's just me, be in me. But for you, because I got to go. I got to go back to heaven. I got to do this whole thing. I got to defeat death, the hell thing. I got to be able to set this whole fire on fire. You know what I'm saying? I got to go. But for y'all here, they're going to know you're my disciples by how you love one another. There's going to be politics that you can't change. No matter how many people try and tell you to go out and vote, and you should, politics aren't going to change things. Because what we want politics to change is actually a human condition. And politics just involve people, but they actually can't fix them. So there are things in this life that we are going to be subjected to, but we can't live for politics. We can't be a church that's known for our politics. No, no, no. We want to be a church that's known for our love. Our love, our Jesus should influence our politics. Our politics doesn't influence our Jesus. They're thinking this life, they're going to come into your home. They're going to happen to your babies. They're going to happen to your family. You're not known for that. You're not known for what has been taken from you. You're known by how you've been loved. They will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. Is there anybody in here tonight, worship team included, is there anybody in here tonight that has been loved by Jesus? Yeah. That no matter your history, your mistakes, the gruesome things that you've done, the things that not even counseling and therapy for hours has been able to fix, he's never held it against you, he's never shamed you, he's never guilty you, and he's always been there. As many things that you've done in your life that has pushed people away from you, Jesus has always remained. Has anybody felt this kind of love of Jesus before? Yeah. That's the love that we're called to impress upon people. I can't change politics, but I can love you better. I don't have $500 to help your situation, but I can love you better. I can show up. I can take you there. I can do what I can do. I just don't got it, but I can love you better. I can't change what happened to you when you were five. I can't take that back. I can't do it, but I can love you right where you are. I don't have to judge you or hold it against you. I can, I can see you walk through those doors, and I can see it on your face, and I can run to you, not away from you. I can love you better. There's things in this life that are going to be out of our control, friends. But what we can control is what we're known for, what the church is known for. We may not be on TV and a lot of other people who say some really dumb things and shouldn't might have a bigger platform than you. But how you love people like Jesus has loved you will affect way more than something stupid somebody said on television. Amen. Yeah. So what I want to do is this. We're going to finish this night up. We're going to go back into this last worship song. It's called Who You Say I Am. Made famous by Hillsong Worship, but made perfect by Takeover Worship. Whatever. We're going to sing this song, and I want you to stand up. If you could, you stand up right now. I'm not quite finished, but could you stand up? I want us to just get a posture. We're ready to receive. We're ready to go. We're ready to believe God for these things. Because it's easy to stand up here and rant on the 
way the world is right now and the climate of the church, it's easy to stand up here and rant on those things. But what we leave here with tonight is knowing that the same love that drew you to the house of God, the same love that has kept you in church, the same love that has kept you going back to Jesus, kept trusting Jesus, that love is what the people next to you, the people at work, the people in your home, the people on your campus, the places that you go, the bars you show up in, that kind of love is the same love that those people need to feel through you. I can't always change my situation, but I can love them better. I can't always change what's going on, but I can love you better. My love, my responsibility. Your love, your responsibility. Jesus' love is your responsibility. Because there are some people here tonight, there's some people when you go home, there's some people when you leave this place Monday morning, when you wake up, that God has actually assigned you to reach, believe it or not. Your life isn't purposeless. It is without, it's not without aim. It's not without form. You have a purpose. You are here. It might feel like another mundane Monday or another manic Monday. You have an assignment tomorrow, and it's to show somebody the love of Jesus. That It doesn't matter whether they think they're good enough. Jesus thought they were worth enough. Amen? So take this love to the streets tomorrow and occupy wherever you are with the grace and the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Does that sound good? So can we worship him because we've been loved? Can we lift up the song because we've been loved? Then let's worship tonight. Worship team.